you're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandeshi. All right, welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel, where we have been having incredible conversations with people in all different realms of the travel industry, hearing about what the pandemic has been for them, their businesses, and also how they have pivoted. And I'm really excited about today's interview because, uh, well, first of all, she's based in South Africa. So that will definitely provide a very, very interesting perspective. But um, she is a travel writer as well as a location independence coach. And I am sure many of us are now facing um, or just exploring this new chance to be location independent when it comes to our jobs. So it'll be really interesting to hear what she has to say on that. And certainly being a travel writer, she has so much extensive experience in the travel realm and creating content and, and how to how we can, you know, really sort of market travel as well, too. So without further ado, I definitely want to go ahead and give a big warm welcome to Lauren Melnick. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to be here and chat about all things travel. <laughs> yes, no, likewise. And, you know, I have to say in looking at your different sites, you are, you're so interesting and you're so, you're fascinating. And, you know, you're, I, I mean, just even from myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, this, she's, she really has like a whole interesting story. So why don't you, um, you know, introduce yourself to those that are listening, share a bit about your, your background and, and maybe even how you became a travel and digital marketing writer. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad you found my whole story interesting. I always think it's so weird how you sometimes don't think your story is interesting until like you hear another person who's not experienced the same things as you think it's like so fascinating. <laughs> yes, that's a good point, by the way, because oftentimes what makes us so unique is the thing that we take for granted. So for everybody that's listening and they're struggling to figure out, wait, what's my, what makes me different? It's probably something that you really take for granted. So that being said, continue on, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So I would say I started my location independence journey probably around 2014, 2015, when I got my first job in the travel industry. And I started out as a marketing assistant for this company that did volunteering trips uh, around the world. And I think that's like when the travel bug like started to bite me and get me really interested. And I knew then that this was definitely the industry for me. And then about 2015, I started discovering travel blogs like the Blonde Abroad and World of Wonderlust. And I just saw these two women traveling solo around the world and making money while they were doing it. And I was just like, I have to figure out how to do this. I have to do this as well. This looks amazing. How are they doing this? I need to figure this out. And yeah, I just started getting the wheels turning and I decided the best way for me to, to do this would be to ask my company if they could let me work at one of their satellite offices in Mexico. Unfortunately, they said no because they wanted to keep their team all in South Africa. So that was a major bummer. Uh, so then I had to go to my plan B, which was to get my TEFL and go teach English in Thailand. So I quit my job in 2016 to go do that. And I was in Thailand for about six months. And then while I was in Thailand, 
I stumbled across freelancing as a social media manager and also as a freelance writer. And I started that side hustle while I was teaching. And after my six months came to an end, I came back to South Africa and I had to make a decision. I either had to go get a desk job or I had to go all in with this freelancing stick and see how it was going to turn out. <laughs> so obviously I took the freelancing route and yeah, I just told myself, okay, you have to make X amount of money. I like worked out all my expenses. I'm like, if you can just make this amount of money, you'll be okay. You're going to have enough money for all your bills, your debit orders and to be able to travel. And yeah, ever since then, I've been doing that. I had my first solo backpacking trip around South Africa in 2017. And yeah, I've been traveling by myself mostly ever since then, while also growing my business along the way. That's so amazing. And I do, you know, I'm definitely familiar with, you know, the two the two blo female bloggers that you mentioned. And I know, I mean, I do remember looking at them right around that time and being like, wow, how are they doing this? And it's it's been so interesting to see that so many others have been able to kind of follow in those footsteps and and sort of explore a, a career, you know, in traveling and being this sort of digital nomad, but definitely very much tied to the travel space. So, um, so I take it then, you know, let's talk about your your blog a bit. So the Wonderlust Movement, can you share a bit about that? Yeah. So yeah, Wonderlust Movement's my little baby. I started her in 2016, while I was in Thailand, it just started off as me wanting to kind of share my travels with my friends and family back home, but also because I wanted to encourage South Africans to travel more as well, basically to travel more for less, because a lot of my friends were saying to me, like, how are you able to, to travel like this and do this? Because we know you're not making like, you know, millions of rands or millions of dollars every single year. So how are you able to do this? So I really wanted to use that blog to show people that you don't need a lot of money to be able to travel, whether, you know, it's on weekend getaways or even, you know, two-week getaways. And then also with the South African passport, we are quite restricted with where we can go. With all the first world countries, we have to go through quite a stringent visa application process and it's quite expensive. But we do have about 90 or so countries which are visa-free for us. But a lot of South Africans tend to forget about them because we have like heart eyes for Europe and the United States and like Australia, which are also very expensive for us because our currency is not that strong. So yeah, that's like where that whole blog kind of grew out from showing South Africans like cheaper destinations, visa-free destinations that they can travel to and also to explore South Africa more because we're a massive country and there's so much to see. Exactly. That's so great. I mean, it's, it's so interesting to just show to, to, for you to share that story, because similarly, you know, there are people even in the US that have that sort of outlook. And I know that that, for example, in this year, in the pandemic, everybody was all, oh, my gosh, where are we going to go? We can't travel. And it's like, well, okay, you might not be able to travel internationally to as many places, but there are so many places around here and they might even be short drives from, from where you live. So I love that. I mean, in essence, you were ahead of the curve, well ahead of the curve. <laughs> um, and it certainly wasn't due to the current circumstances, but really, you know, getting people to think differently about travel, because I think, as you said, and I love how you said heart eyes, because it's true. The emoji heart eyes for those that are that are listening. Um, yeah. That often you get fixated on the bigger, glamorous um, 
destinations and not to say that you shouldn't be. I mean, those are wonderful destinations, but if that seems too out of reach or too difficult, you, you can always look elsewhere. And there are so many wonderful, beautiful places that are closer to where you happen to live, wherever you are in the world. So I love that you were really encouraging That's so true. Um, travelers to think that way. You know, those other destinations also tend to have fewer crowds. So if you're someone that's not into like going to Paris because it's going to be so packed, then going to the lesser visited destinations that are also cheaper for you and like off the beaten path a bit, it's a good option. Yes, exactly. That That's a, a great point because I know that certainly with how, with social media really helping explode travel, I mean, travel was always there. Uh, but just even looking back in the past five, six, seven years, looking at how the relationship of the travel industry as well as social media has, I mean, it's like spontaneous combustion, really, is that it's really in, inspired <laughs> so many people, right? It's inspired so many people to travel to so many more destinations. And you bring up a really great point because you do have some of these destinations that they might be, whether they're struggling with over-tourism or it's just so crowded that it's that reminder of like, hey, there are other places. <laughs> so um, it gets people curious in a different way. Yeah. If I look back also at my own travel history, if it wasn't for Instagram and stuff like that, there's so many places I wouldn't have like known about or wouldn't have been on my radar. The same. same. So yeah, that's one thing to be grateful for social media. <laughs> of course. No, exactly. And I can't tell you the number of times that I'll be like, oh, I'm about to go to xyz destination and then i happen to be on instagram and somebody posts a picture i'm like oh that's cool and i look at it, i'm like oh wow that happens to be where i'm going to be going to that's great let me be sure to take a take a look at that so yeah social media uh and the travel industry i mean it's it's been incredibly powerful so i know we're going to talk more about that but i want to hear a bit about you know certainly you know we're all living in this world right now and the pandemic has affected all of us, all of us in various different ways. Some it's it's forced us to rethink things. Some of us it's caused our businesses to boom. Some of us it's caused our businesses um, a lot of challenges. So um, how has it affected you and your business? And how did you make any changes because of it? Yes. So I would say in February, that is when I started to bleed all my travel clients and by March, I didn't have any travel clients. Everyone had cut their freelancers off because they were trying to save money and cut costs as much as possible. And I was in Bali at the time. I had this whole epic, I think it was about four-month trip planned. I was going to do Bali, then go to uh, Indo um, Philippines for the first time, go see the cherry blossoms in South Korea, and then everything, the shit hit the fan. And you know, also my income became an issue now because I no longer had these contracts that I was banking on to help me fund my travels and everything like that. So I made the decision to fly back home to South Africa. And then I started to pivot my freelance writing niche uh, because no one was hiring in travel. I managed to get a few um, articles done for Culture Trip and Matador Network before that dried up and they started firing their editors and <laughs> that went to complete chaos. 
And I started to shift more into the CBD niche for a bit because I was like, that's the health niche. You know, health is definitely going to (laughs) be something that's going to make money during a pandemic. And then also leaning a bit more back into my digital marketing niche, which I hadn't been focusing on too much in the last couple of years as I was focusing quite heavily on travel. And that helped to stabilize my income quite a bit over the next couple of months. And then also the pandemic lit a fire under my bum to start creating digital products that had been on like my must do like bucket list for like years and years and years. And I never got around to doing it. And I was like, well, like there's no better time now to start creating a course, to start like putting out eBooks and to start just really pushing that type of content out there. And then in terms of my blog to support that, I made more of a conscious decision to push out more Uh, content around location independence, freelancing, being a digital nomad and all that stuff because those topics were obviously trending with more people having to become remote workers whether they liked it or not. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And it's great. It's I always love hearing these stories because uh, you know, for those of us that really have taken the opportunity to shift, I mean, it's that's where, to me, that's where the special stuff happens because it's like we, we have no other choice. So it's like you can either sit there and flail about and be like, oh, no, it's not like how it was. OK. Or you can look at it. OK, well, what can I do or what can I take advantage of or what are those things that are have always been on my list? I mean, even similar for me. I've always had on my list to write a book, but I was traveling, zigzagging all over the I was like, well, how can I sit down long enough to write a book? Well, <laughs> I I have now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so and that's, you know, not necessarily a unique story, but it is it's uh, you know, everybody has their own path with it. And I love that you've been able to do that and you're also providing uh coaching for something that so many people are now new to, which is that whether it's that working from home or are now being shifted to having, they still have their job and they are location independent. So then how can they explore that, especially in, in today's time? So I love that you've been able to focus focus on that. I think also with the pandemic, with the pandemic it kind of reinforced that whole sink or swim mindset. And I think it also kind of really like separated almost the entrepreneurs from the masses. Because, you know, if, if your mindset's right and you're asking the right questions, you're going to ask those questions. It's like, how can I make this work? Like, what is the positive? Instead of like getting caught up into that mindset where you just kind of focus on the negative, like, oh, you know, I've lost this, I've lost that. Um, or like everything's changed, nothing is the same. Instead of like flipping that around and being like, okay, how can I actually make this work for me? What skills do I have? Where can I take this? You know, where are the trends in the markets? Who's making money now? If the travel industry is not making money, where can I go until travel stabilizes again? Yeah. And, and that's a great point because it will stabilize at some point. So it's like, how can you, it's all about what you can do in the interim. And I mean, even a bonus, if you can stay relevant in the travel space in the interim, because as soon as there is, you know, there are funds, there is an upswing, you know, you want to be on the front of that wave uh, when that, because it's going to come back. It just is a matter of time and getting so many things figured out, <laughs> which is actually a perfect segue um, to to what I want to talk about next, because we, we both work with travel brands. And I know that a lot of people that work uh, within the travel and hospitality industry listen to this as well, too. So I'd, I'd love for us to talk about this because 
we'll be talking very much about the people that we would be working with. So we both work with travel brands and I know, obviously, I mean, we both know things have shifted. So how has working with travel brands, how has working with brands in the travel space changed like compared to what it was like before? And then maybe how it might be reimagined moving forward? Okay, so with South Africa, we have completely opened up our country now to travel. So a couple of months ago, they started allowing local travel to start again. So you were allowed to first travel within your province. And then from there, you could go outside your province and you could travel like around the rest of the country. So since that started happening, I noticed like a huge push towards local travel, obviously, Um all my blog posts around like South Africa, whether it was like romantic places to stay and like road trips, all that stuff started really, really picking up. And when that started to happen, I noticed that the travel brands in South Africa were becoming way more collaborative because um, I think they started to realize also the power of influencers and like travel bloggers in order to get people to get aware of them or like the specials that they were offering in order to get eyes on what they were doing and to try and get beds in, well, bums in beds, as they say. Um, and I've also noticed now with the PR agencies have started to pick up more work. I've managed to get uh, campaigns with uh, like um, Ford South Africa and a few lodges have started rolling out um, like the five-star lodges have sort of rolling out more campaigns and getting influencers out there to look at their new safari offerings and things like that. And I'm doing a, a virtual campaign with Reunion Island, which is like, it's a, it's a French territory off the coast of Africa near Mauritius. And yeah, we, they've been working with a bunch of influencers. We're just writing blog posts about your previous trips and stuff like that and kind of creating interest for the island until things open up for it which I thought was quite unique to do because it's it's helping people do that armchair travel essentially and getting people excited about going there so that when things do start to open up for that island again then people are going to be interested to go there. Yeah. And thank you for sharing a bit about those campaigns, because again, it's all, it's helpful for those that might be obviously in the travel space. They have a brand and they're, they're kind of scratching their head. How, okay, we know that we can work with travel influencers, but until things open up more, how can we create that content in a time where they might, maybe they might not be able to come there physically or whatever the case is. So I love that it's very much tapping into, as you mentioned, and I love this phrase, armchair travel, but then also asking and and rekindling those relationships with individuals that had traveled there before. Because I mean, that content is still wonderful and beautiful. And it's just kind of creating it to just get that excitement again for when people will be able to, to get back in the skies, so to speak. Uh, So that's really interesting that they've, they've done a, a lot of those virtual campaigns. Yeah, I thought that was such a unique idea. And I think it's yeah, it's great that they are working with people that have been there before because they don't have to worry about flying someone out there to be able to experience the place. So they can still get all the, the benefits really of like an influencer like destination campaign without having to worry about actually fly, like doing flats and hotels and all that stuff. Exactly. And then I'm sure, and, you know, similarly on the content creator side for those influencers, they're also really excited to be working with somebody. So it's like, okay, maybe we take this element out of it, but we can work in a creative way and help create that content around it. I know for myself, 
my biggest shift was, is I was like, okay, well, if I can't travel, I can talk about travel. So that's where I really doubled down on, I do travel industry updates, uh, as well as also even, even this podcast as well too. This was a great way for me to now be connected with people from all around the world that we can hear about their experiences like yours as well, uh, to really open our minds to thinking about things differently because so there was so much doom and gloom. So from learning and hearing from other people and how they've, uh, for a lack of a more exciting word, <laughs> pivoted, um, but how they've done that. And uh, it's kind of giving us a sense of hope and a sense of creativity moving, you know, as far as moving forward. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, also in South Africa, we've had this whole uh, campaign, which is, <laughs> Uh, around uh, South Africa is travel ready and I've just seen a lot of the local brands also really jump on that hashtag jump on that campaign to kind of get exposure for their local brand and get people interested in it because you know I don't think we have very many international tourists here even though our borders opened at the beginning of the month so they're still heavily relying on locals to actually go out there and engage with them. Certainly. I mean, of course. And I, I think that that's also been a big thing just across the board is that that reliance on the local interest and the local travel wherever you are in the world, because that's at least you're not having to worry about whether it is visas, whether it is quarantines, whether it is, you know, getting test results in a certain time frame before boarding a flight. So it is it is nice that they've been able to really kind of push for that um, for the local travelers. Um, so I want to ask you, uh, you are launching a course at the end of November called Road to Remote. Can you share a bit more about that? Yes. Yeah, so Road to Remote was one of my little quarantine projects. <laughs> um, I was working with the business coach at the time at the beginning of quarantine. So that also really lined up nicely that I had signed that contract and then I got stuck at home. So I really got to focus on what I wanted to build out from my blog and Roots Remote is just a six week course that's all about teaching you how to become location independent by starting your own business. So you don't even have to have an idea to do the course um, because we're going to work through that within the first couple of modules. We, like, we look at your interests, your skills, like what you're truly passionate about and help you build a business that you're obsessed with that is also going to allow you to travel the world as much as you want, whenever you want, when things start to go back to normal. That's incredible. And I love that you've built this out because again, you know, we have found that so many people are now, okay, wow, I am, I, I am location independent. Great. Now, how do I, how do I work with that? How can I, how can I make that? How can I take advantage of that? So I love that you've built out this course because people are probably finding themselves in this position and then, but they're still maybe confused as far as how to actually like make it a reality. Yeah. And I personally would have loved something like this when I started my freelancing business because it was so much of like trial and error and consuming like so much free content and like not understanding what an onboarding process was and like all those little tiny things that you don't think about when you start a business. So to to have everything like laid out, I think is so nicely like so nice because you don't you don't have to 
waste your time on Google because this course like takes you through like everything that you need to know, you know, from pitching to market research to actually creating packages that people are going to want to buy that's like relevant to the problems in their business. And also what I think is also really important, the mindset behind it, which I spoke a bit about earlier, because if your mindset, mindset, if your mindset is a bit wonky when it comes to business, you're not going to see the success because you're going to self-sabotage or you're going to find excuses like not to take action. Yeah. That, and that brings up, a, oh my, now you have me all excited about this course. I might be joining you, but, but, but you're right because it is nice to have that. And I love that you call it road to remote because it's like, you, it's in, a, in essence, a roadmap. And I, I, people need a lot of that right now because it's as lovely as it is to have a bit more of this independence. The tricky side is like, oh, cool, I have this independence, but it's nice to have a little bit of guidance, you know. And as you said, it's something that you wished you had when you started. And I think that's also, you know, where a lot of special things are birthed from. It's when you take a step back and you realize, like, what can I create that I actually wish I had when I was at square zero? <laughs> Absolutely. And and that's that's totally where all the special ideas come from. It's like it's just out of fulfilling a, a basic need and necessity, you know. So I love that. I'm excited. I'm yeah, very excited for this. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, if you had that, you know, that problem, then most likely other people around the world are also experiencing that exact problem. Definitely. So if um, so, let's talk about like this, the travel industry as a whole. Uh, so obviously, the travel industry has shifted quite a bit. Any thoughts? Um, because I know that you are certainly very much working in and around travel brands and just obviously within the industry. So any thoughts on trends that might be here to stay once we get to the other side of the pandemic? I would say the biggest trend that I've started to see pick up and I think it's definitely going to pick up steam is this digital nomad visa trend I've seen more and more countries have started coming out with them I think they're really taking advantage of that to encourage people who can work remotely to come spend an extended time in the country you know because then you've got less people coming in you know so you don't have to worry that much you know with the whole like COVID spreading because people are coming there for like a longer period of time and then you still have more money coming into the country or the island because people are going to be there for like six months and they're going to be stimulating the economy for longer than like a two-week tourist so I think more people are going to or more countries are definitely going to be looking at that and how they can attract remote workers and digital nomads and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's, I love that you bring that up because I actually saw that for Dubai and I was like, "Ooh, yeah. let me look into this. Maybe that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I saw there's a whole bunch of the Caribbean islands have rolled it out. Um, as well as like Costa Rica and Estonia and even Croatia. My family's from Croatia. So I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Croatia has done, I think, um, because I know that they were one of the few places that was remained open still for U.S. travelers. And so I think that they were they remained pretty open in general. So I, I'm curious to see how they, if that kind of kept them afloat a little bit more versus some other places. But yeah, they've definitely done well during this time. And I think also because of the extra costs that are kind of on top of travelers now with the whole pandemic, you know, you have to get your your COVID test before you fly. I know with like countries like Namibia, you actually have to get another one once you're in the country. They want another test like a few days after you've arrived. So 
I think a trend that might start to happen with also the job losses is that international travel might be less accessible for a lot of people for a certain time period. Uh, so we might see a decrease in that because people are not going to have those extra funds or it's going to be more of a focus on like budget travel that might pick up more steam and people are going to look at more ways of how they can do things cheaper. Definitely. Um, I, th- yeah, I think you're right. Budget travel and kind of merging a, a bit of those longer stays. So maybe not taking a visa and living there for six months, but maybe instead of spending four days in a destination, they're looking to spend maybe two weeks in a destination. But the, and then again, doing it more on a budget conscious, um, a budget conscious way, uh, because they actually have they have done studies that uh, aside from the luxury properties that, yes, they do have individuals that are looking into that just because they generally have more um, disposable income. But they've also found that a lot of these other um, you know, be it hostels are are still actually remaining quite busy. Yes, they might be shifting it. So maybe that's not going to be as many shared rooms per se, unless you are traveling as a group. But uh, they've actually, there's still a lot of interest in that. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I still like staying at hostels every now and then when I travel solo, because it's a great way to meet people. <laughs> but, uh, um, and then also, I've noticed that I've noticed chance with Africa that the the outdoor travel thing has picked up. All my blog posts on the really popular hiking trails in South Africa have really picked up steam. So I think when people are planning trips, it's probably going to be more like outdoorsy itineraries because so then people don't have to be too close to people. They're going to be out in the wilderness. So like road trips or like camping trips or hiking trips, things like that. And yeah. Also, a lot of weekend getaways I've noticed. I've got my posts on those have picked up a lot. So like those shorter trips locally, I think are also going to be a big trend. Oh, huge. And I mean, we already saw a bit of it in much of summer and even the beginning of fall. But I think as you know, again, as we come out of this, it's it's going to be a slow climb out. So, I, But I do think that those trends will be here to stay just because whether it is those shorter, more local trips, whether they're more, um, they're not as costly, or it's easier for families to do, or whatever the case is. So those will definitely be here for quite some time, which is, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. I totally agree. Because yeah, I mean, the US is massive. You, I mean, <laughs> you guys are like, what, half the size of Africa or something like that. So there's like tons for locals there to explore before they even have to like, leave with their passport and I think that's the same for, for a lot of people there's so much we don't usually explore our own countries as much as we'll go and explore another country because you know it's just there we see it every day so that spark isn't always there so that's one positive with the whole corona and everything like that I think it's reminded people to appreciate their own backyards a lot more exactly and exact, and that's definitely something that we can all all do and be excited about. So um, what is next for you as far as like business development, travel even? Um, I know that we're gearing up, we're kind of like, well, the holidays are going to be here soon. Uh, so um, anything even in regards to that. Um, so yeah, what, what's, what's next for you? Yeah, I think there's like, what, eight Fridays until the end of the year or something wild like that. Okay. 
All right, you didn't have to put it like that. Now you just made me really <laughs> Thanks for putting it like that. Okay, you're right. <laughs> uh, sorry, I have a friend that works in the music industry, so she's very acutely aware of how many Fridays they are because she has releases coming. <laughs> she tells well, us all the time sense. about it. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so I have something really exciting that I'm working on with a friend of mine. We are doing a retreat at the end of November and it's basically all about teaching women how to become more confident in front of the camera. So we're staying at this luxury safari lodge in Pellansburg National Park, which is about two and a half hours outside of Johannesburg in South Africa. And yeah, you can all it's for six women and everyone's gonna go there and they're gonna learn just how to pose in front of the camera my friend's a stylist so she's going to show us how to like style your shot in terms of your clothes or like doing flat lays with your food and yeah we're going to go over dslr uh, settings as well as like smartphone photography and yeah it's just really for anyone who just wants to take better photos for themselves whether it's for like their next trip like maybe they're just tired of you know, getting blurry shots or their head cut off or not knowing how to direct themselves or someone else who's taking the photo of them to get the shot that they want so that they're actually proud of their photos and that they look back at their memories and it's not like super cringe or they don't feel like, you know, that they got a good photo to represent that trip. And yeah, we've already, we've sold out about 50%. So that's really exciting because we only opened cart last week. So I think that also shows a nice trend is that people are open to going on small trips and starting to travel again, even if, even if it is with people that they don't know. Uh, so, you know, South Africans are at least comfortable with that, which is nice. Yes. Well, and it shows that people are also still interested in how they capture their travel experiences, which again, for all those that are travel businesses um, to make sure that they don't underestimate the power of not only influencers, but even just their guests and how their guests want to interact with the travel experience. We want to document it. That's, that is part of the actual experience. <laughs> I've always said, cause I've noticed in Cape Town, Cape Town's like super trendy compared to Johannesburg. And I've always said like, if they took a leaf out of like Bali's book with those cafes, you know, where they'll just have like a wall that's like super Instagrammable that markets itself. So if you have something like that in your travel business, that is just very photogenic and people are going to want to come there just to take that photo so <laughs> that they can post it on their Instagram. That's your marketing done for you. And that's like free marketing. It's invaluable source of marketing and you don't have to throw a lot of money at like Facebook ads to get your name out there because people are just going to be constantly coming there taking that photo tagging you and basically creating that brand awareness oh definitely yeah they're doing your marketing for you so that's so important for travel brands if they haven't already gotten on this train that they should have some sort of element of their business that is quote-unquote instagrammable whether it's a certain uh, location or a view also their food and their cocktails as well too because that also does really, really well. I mean, it's all in that presentation. And if you can do something really spectacular, you know, for example, like the desserts that are made with like cotton candy or that they, you pour something and then it foams yes. or it fizzes. People want that. They want that experience. And they yeah, will gladly yeah. <laughs> document it and share it with everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know myself, it's like when I start planning a trip, you know, going through restaurants and all that stuff, I'd go onto Instagram 
and I see what people are tagging on that location or I'll go check out a restaurant's Instagram and see what they have and know. And if they've got something that's just like super pretty or whatever, you know, that's an easy sell. <laughs> it's like as vain as it sounds, you know, yeah, it's like it's definitely no, going to grab my attention. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the reality of it. And I, it, again, it kind of comes back to, it's like, look, if it's what's attracting us or if it's what we're doing, it, other people are doing it as well too. And, and for those businesses in the travel space, they have to be mindful of that um, if they aren't already. And it'll, that'll just continue to, to go and grow as we come out of this. So, um, well, that being said, this has been such a great conversation. I love hearing more about you. You're doing so many wonderful things. And, uh, you know, it's a nice, you know, shift as well, too, just because many people really need to be thinking, especially those that own uh, travel businesses, how what things they need to be mindful of moving forward. So I love that we're able to touch on that as well. Um, but that being said, for those that have been uh, tuning in and listening, where can they find you and find out more about you? Okay, so the best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is at the Wonderlust Movement. And yeah, I'm on there every single day, whether it's on stories or posting on the feed or like doing an IGTV live, anything like that. Always the best place to contact me. And then you can catch up with my blogs at wonderlustmovement.org. And then I also have a YouTube channel, but that is mainly for people that are interested more about like location independence, freelancing, stuff like that. I share my tips for that on there. And yeah, the handle for that is also Wonderlust Movement. Love that. Love that. So for everybody that was uh, listening, definitely be sure to, to check her out. She also does amazing just travel writing as well and content. I was looking at that. I'm like, oh, wow, you could you provide a lot of services <laughs> even for travel businesses. So um, for the for travel businesses that once you're on the other side of this and you're looking to kind of up what you're doing, Lauren has a lot of great services for that as well, too. So um, again, thank you, Lauren. This has been a delight. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in as well, too. Always great to, to speak with people from around the world and to you know get excited about what we're doing and, and how we're kind of changing things in this time. And so, uh, as always, having these discussions make me excited for us to get back out there again. So uh, thank you for listening. And don't forget to say yes to travel. <laughs>